My wife, Sari, is an excellent cook, and sometimes when I return from a long day, I met at the front door by the delicious scent of freshly baked chocolate chip M&M cookies. The problem is that when I get to the kitchen, I find not one or even two cookies, but a whole plate. Now, eating one is, of course, a highly rational thing to do, an obligatory compliment to a very sweet chef. A second also seems justified in light of a hard day's work or travelling. The problem is, with a pair of cookies eaten, but a big pile of them still smiling up at me, can I stop at just two? The Federal Reserve faces a similar dilemma when it comes to rate cuts, with significant implications for both the economy and investment strategy. Just under two weeks ago, the Federal Reserve's Federal Open Market Committee, or FOMC for short, issued its latest policy statement, along with forecasts for the economy and short-term interest rates over the next few years. The statement was largely in line with expectations. No change in interest rates for now, but no longer any promise to remain patient before making some adjustment going forward, and a strong hint that that adjustment was likely to be in the form of a rate cut. Only one FOMC voting member dissented, voting in favour of an immediate rate cut. However, the committee's projections for interest rates revealed a significant split in opinion, and how this split is resolved will likely have a big impact both on absolute and relative asset class returns going forward. When looking at the end of this year, of the 17 Federal Reserve Bank presidents and governors who submitted projections, one expected a 25 basis point rate hike, eight expected no change, one looked for a 25 basis point rate cut, and seven expected cuts totaling 50 basis points. Now technically this meant that the median forecast was for no change, but a closer inspection of the data suggests that rate cuts are more likely than not. In particular, it's important to note that while 17 different FOMC participants provided projections, only 10 of the 17 get to vote in the meetings between now and the end of the year. An unofficial tally of the voting members, based on various recent speeches, essays and interviews, suggests that 6 of those 10 were looking for 2 rate cuts this year, 1 was looking for 1 rate cut, 2 wanted no change and 1 thought that 1 rate hike was actually in order. So while the median forecast of the overall FOMC was for no cut, the median forecast for the voting members may well have been for two. It's also worth noting that not a single participant expected more than two rate cuts in total between now and the end of 2021, so apparently they think they can stop at just two cookies. So how's this likely to work out? Well, first, with regard to a July rate cut, the Fed will continue to look at trade tensions, weakness in the global economy, US economic growth and inflation. On trade, President Trump and President Xi agreed over the weekend to resume talks and the US backed off any threat to impose tariffs immediately on a further $300 billion in Chinese goods. However, the US left the current tariffs of 25% on $250 billion of Chinese goods in place. While it is in the economic interests of both China and the United States to resolve the trade issue quickly, President Trump may well avoid to want to avoid settling until after the 2020 election, since a standing-up-to-China platform may have political appeal beyond his base. Equally, China will be determined not to give the US president an easy victory. Because of this, trade tensions will likely persist into 2020, dampening global growth. The negative effects of trade tensions will likely again be on display in PMI data due out this week, with the global manufacturing PMI likely to fit, uh, hit a fresh six-and-a-half-year low. There are also worrying signs that this weakness is spreading to the global services sector. Domestically, the data continue to point to a slowdown, with real GDP growth tracking close to 1% for the second quarter and possibly a similar number for the third. 
However, the extent of the weakness will depend heavily on the pace of inventory accumulation, which is notoriously hard to predict. Importantly, GDP data for the second quarter will be released on July 26th, five days before the next FOMC meeting. Equally important at that time will be momentum in the labour market, and this Friday's jobs report will provide important guidance both on the pace of employment gains and any sign of rising wage inflation. More general inflation data for for June is due out next week in the form of CPI and PPI reports, and so far there is little reason to expect any acceleration from a recently sluggish pace. If the US economy appears to be slowing but not stalling, the Fed may well still cut rates anyway in July in response to low inflation. Moreover, this could be used to rationalize a second rate cut at the end of October. However, at that point, the Fed may well want to stop. While lower than target inflation may be less than ideal, it's hardly a national crisis. And if the Fed thinks it will need the ammunition of rate cuts to fight some future recession, it seems reckless to use them all up now in an attempt to add a few tenths of a percent to inflation. In addition, the Fed would probably like to make no policy moves at all in 2020 to avoid the impression that it is caving to political pressure, which may well intensify in the months ahead. And this is essentially the FOMC forecast, a bend-but-don't-break economy in which unemployment is low and stable and both economic growth and consumption, deflation and inflation settle in at a very pedestrian pace of just below 2%. Such an extended soft landing could allow stock prices to move higher while holding bond deals in check and allowing for a slow depreciation of the dollar. However, given the current slowdown, it really wouldn't take much for the economy to get weak enough and the Fed to get scared enough to set us on a different path. On this path, the Fed would continue to cut rates to avoid an actual recession. However, these actions might only increase business uncertainty without stimulating the economy, and the Fed could find policy following a dismal path of rapid cuts in the federal funds rate back down to its lower band of 0 to 25 basis points, even as the unemployment rate rose by a few percentage points from its current, uh, current low level. In such a scenario, stocks would likely see a significant correction before rebounding as the economy stabilized. However, it would allow for further rally in Treasury bonds, with yields potentially falling below the record lows of 2016. Long-term investors will obviously hope for the first of these scenarios. However, it's a close enough call at this stage to justify a cautious approach going forward, keeping a close eye on the Fed, as it keeps a close eye on both growth and inflation. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week. And if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan representative. This content has been produced for information purposes only. And as such, the views contained herein are not to be taken as advice or recommendation to buy or sell any investment or interest thereto. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the recipient. The material was prepared without regard to specific objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular receiver. Any research in this asset has been obtained and may have been acted upon by J.P. Morgan Asset Management for its own purpose. The results of such research are being made available as additional information and do not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, statements of financial market trends, or investment techniques and strategies expressed are those of J.P. Morgan Asset Management, unless otherwise stated, as of the date of production. They are considered to be reliable at that time, but no warranty as to the accuracy and reliability or completeness in respect of any error or omission is accepted. They may be subject to change without reference or notification to you. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the brand for the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide. J.P. Morgan Distribution Services Incorporated 
Copyright 2018, J.P. Morgan, Chase & Company.